Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We have a great guest on today that's going to be talking all about infant vision. But before we do that, let's talk about our weekly insight, which is I'm pregnant again. So I am expecting my third baby and the due date is January 1st. So we will see when this baby will get here. My baby sometimes come early. So we will see, but I am so super excited and Daisy and John are as well. We are keeping the gender a surprise, which is super fun for everybody but me because I am a big planner, uh, but my husband really wants to wait to find out the gender. So we are just so, so excited to be welcoming another baby into our life. And we want to talk about that today because we are talking about all about infant vision. So it's going to be on my mind again at the forefront come this winter. Uh, big congratulations to Dr. Z. I know I'm so excited for you and all of us at Twin Forks are extremely excited to have a new little member to add to our family. And we're just excited to see your family grow. Um, and that really ties in nicely to what we're talking about today, which is infant vision. And we're going to be really highlighting the wonderful program Infancy. And to do so, we are going to be joined by a wonderful guest, Dr. Alana Gelfond. For over 19 years, Dr. Alana Gelfond has been treating patients and promoting comprehensive eye exams. Her passion is in neurooptometry, vision therapy, and head trauma rehabilitation for both children and adults. Dr. Gelfond is a developmental optometrist, board certified by the College of Optometrists in Vision Development. She is the a current chair of the International Examination and Certification Board. She continues to publish and present to various local organizations on the importance of vision and learning. Most recently, she published a children's book titled The ABCs of How You and I See. After graduating from Pennsylvania College of Optometry and completing a residency in vision therapy and rehabilitation, Dr. Gelfand continues to maintain a faculty position at SUNY College of Optometry. Proudly, she was the first recipient of the Distinguished Dr. Martin Birnbaum Memorial Award for Outstanding Knowledge and Skill in Behavioral Optometry. She was also a recipient of the 2015 New York State Young Optometrist of the Year Award for her commitment to the visual welfare of children in the community. Lastly, she has been a committee member for Infancy and Children's Vision since 2015. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Gelfon. We are so excited to have you join us this morning. And I always like to kick things off with a little get to know you. So just share with us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in the, the profession of optometry. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate it and for having an opportunity to speak about the topic that I'm very passionate about. So my journey to optometry began in high school when my best friend worked an, for an optometrist while I worked in an Italian bakery across the street. So I would bring over cookies and kind of check out what the practice was all about. And I would always see kids around. It was just a very healthy practice and I kind of enjoyed um, that profession. So I, I decided to pursue more into it by kind of seeing, is this something that I wanna do? So we have a center in New York that has multiple specialties in one facility, like a chiropractor and a dentistry and podiatry. So I volunteered for a few days there just to shadow different professionals to see what they do. Nothing stuck like optometry did, like podiatry and chiropractor and dentistry was just not something that I wanted to pursue. 
So optometry it was. Um, and after graduating Binghamton, I um, took the oath and applied to optometry school and ended up being at Salis, which I really enjoyed my studies there. I really love that. Listen, you could have ended up as a, as a baker, but you ended up as an optometrist. So what, through all of our schooling, we always talk about this, how like there's like the very uh, popular disease that draws everybody in because there is all these fa- this fancy equipment and you get to do all this imaging. And then there's the infant and pediatrics and vision therapy kind of route in optometry school. What drew you towards the infant and pediatric route? Because it's not the easy route, in my opinion. So what kind of drew you towards that? So it was my third year in optometry school and we were starting clinic for the first time. And the first chart that popped up was a two-year-old. So all of my colleagues were like, no way am I taking my first patient as a two-year-old. So I decided to be the brave one and take the chart. And that was my experience and my exposure to pediatric optometry. I, it just, it was just easy for me. I was just able to do the whole exam on this two-year-old. It was just a fit for me. And from that moment, from that two-year-old, you know, he was not an easy two-year-old. He was a challenging two-year-old. You have to get in his level. Um, I decided this is something that I'm good at. And I just pursued it. So then I applied for the residency um, in New York and um, completed the residency. At that time, it was the vision therapy and the um, adult rehabilitation combo. And I really enjoyed it. And I've been in the field and enjoying every minute of it. I love that. I think it definitely takes a unique set of skills to really not only give an efficient eye exam, but an eye exam on someone who is so young and so little. And you really have to learn how to be adaptable. And as you said, get on their level. And I think what we really want to highlight today is this wonderful program that Dr. Z and I have talked about on previous episodes called Infancy that really helps promote and provide eye care for those in the younger population. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that program entails and what do they do? Sure. Well, a few years after graduating optometry school, Infancy was launched um, in 2005 And it was former President Carter joined forces with the American Optometric Association to launch Infancy. It's a public health program that is currently managed by Optometry Cares, the AOA Foundation. It is designed to ensure that eye and vision care becomes an integral part of infant wellness care to improve a child's quality of life. Under this program, the American Optometric Association optometry members provide a no-cost comprehensive eye and vision assessments for infants six to 12 months of age, regardless of family's income or access to insurance coverage. So that's kind of really the key is um, giving an opportunity to uh, a child to have proper vision and proper learning by having um, the tools needed. And why not, you know, why not assess it early? So one of the quotes that I really liked from um, former President Carter is he said, as parents, we regularly take our children to dentists to prevent cavities. Likewise, we should take our babies to the optometrist to help prevent potential eye and vision problems. Yeah, that that really hits home. And I think, you know, as an as an optometrist and a new mom, right? We have a, a I have a three-year-old, an 18-month-old, and one on the way it's ever apparent how important vision is in development. And I feel like parents 
don't even think about their kids' eyes, right? The common question is, is like, you can do an eye exam on a six to 12 month old. Like, what does that look like? Why are you even thinking about an eye exam at that age? But really it is so critical for development. Vision is the driving force for motor movement, right? They, the baby sees something, they wanna get it. They, you know, if that's not, that piece isn't there, everything else isn't going to fall into place. So what can a parent expect from an infancy evaluation? Like, what does that look like? What do you do um, in your infancy evaluations? That's usually the parent's first question is, how are you gonna assess my little six month old? You know, so when I bring them in a little stroller or the carrier, I ask them to leave the baby in whatever setting they're comfortable in. So they don't take the baby out, put them in any uncomfortable position. Um, and we use, so babies can't speak, right? They can't read an eye chart to me and they can't respond. So we rely on our skills in order to assess the baby. Um, we use lenses, we use light from a small handheld instrument to assess how the, how the eye responds to a particular target. We will look at the eye teaming, how the two eyes are working together. Um, we will move the target and toys in different positions to see how the baby is tracking the toys. We will also use special kind of filters to see if the baby is responding to 3D pictures. So I have a big duck that when I place these 3D glasses in front of their eyes, the duck pops out. And I did an um, assessment yesterday. Instead of the baby grabbing the duck, they actually sat back all the way because the baby, I mean, the duck just popped out. So it was a really nice reaction to see. Um, and we shine the lights into the baby's eye to see if the baby is nearsighted, farsighted, has astigmatism, ha and needs any correction. Um, and last, we assess the eye health. We make sure that the structure front of the eye and the back of an eye is healthy. Our goal is really to prevent um, an eye problem and to allow the child um, to learn and function and develop properly. Right, I think as parents, as all of us are, you really wanna set your kid up to be as successful as possible. And I think a lot of people are really amazed at how much you can really assess in someone who is so little. I know a lot of my friends almost jokingly ask me if I've given Teddy his first eye exam. And I say, of course I have. Um, there's so much that you can check when they're six months old and especially being fairly nearsighted myself and my husband is nearsighted. I wanna watch his eye development closely to see if he is going to develop and be nearsighted and intervene in the appropriate way, you know, as soon as I can. So I think it's, it's really great that this program is out there and really promoting that we can, first of all, give an eye exam as young as six months old, and that really everyone should be seeking out this type of care to ensure that they're setting up their kid to be as successful as possible. Um, and then moving forward, once you do that baseline exam at six months with your kids, what is your typical timeline then for them to come back and follow up with you leading up to those school years? So I based it on a couple of factors. One, um, are any of the parents have any visual conditions and, um, and, and siblings? So if there is no visual condition with parents and the siblings are not in glasses or have anything, the next exam would be at age three, then age five, and every year thereafter. And that's the recommendation by the American Optometric Association. If there are issues or I am concerned or... Um, uh, I want to monitor something, I will certainly bring the family back sooner. And I will give them specific list of toys. This is something that I do at the end of my infancy exam. It, um, it's a printed list of toys for them to be engaging the child with in order to develop better vision and learning. Non-electronic. 
<laughs> I love that you put that in there. Uh, I think, like you said, like it's all about educating the parent and have instructed play, right? I think a parent leaving an infancy exam will feel much more confident, right? Saying like, okay, things are looking good right now. We have a plan. These are the things that we're going to do with our kids to help develop vision in the appropriate way. We're going to check in at three. We're going to check in again. And it, it builds that rapport with you and, and for the parents to feel confident, right? That you are invested in their child's care for their lifetime and their development for their lifetime. And that's really, I think, the best part about being a pediatric eye doctor is that you're, you get to see these kids throughout. I, you know, Dr. L and I, uh, we just celebrated our six year anniversary and we're having kids that started with us when we first opened and now they're teenagers and they're going to cot. Like, I'm like, one, how are we this old? Right. Uh, and, (laughs) and two, like, oh my goodness, like we are getting to see them throughout their lifetime and helping them throughout that. And I think that's the, the best part about all of this and, and really, getting to develop that relationship. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease, and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, OptiLite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. OptiLite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with OptiLite, visit Luminous.com slash OptiLite. I want to pivot just a little bit because I want to talk about your book because I it's called The ABCs of How You and I See, and it is the cutest book. Uh, the graphics on it, it is whoever drew you, drew you impeccably. It's so cute. I love it. Um, talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to write this book, what parents can find in this book, uh, and, and just tell us all about it. Sure. So the project started when we would read to our kids. So my kids are now 14 and 12. So we would, you know, read to them <clears throat> when they were much younger. Now we don't read to them anymore. They read themselves. Um, but one of the books that we, you know, would take weekly trips to the library and one of the books that we, want, we got there was ABC Dentistry. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So every letter in the book, um, A through Z, was talking something about in the dentistry field. I'm like, this is really cool. Let's get the one on optometry. So I'm searching for it, searching for it. It doesn't exist. There's all of the uh, professions, but not optometry. So my husband, he says, well, why don't you write one? I'm like, I'm not a writer. I'm not writing a book. He goes, we'll do it together. So my husband has a background. He's a PhD in child development. So we launched this project together. It took about three years to get it into completion because we would think about what this letter should stand for. So in the book, it's the whole alphabet, A through Z, and every letter represents something about the I and teaches um, you about the eye. Um, and it has graphics. So the graphics, I actually 
hired um, a medical student that is um, an artist and she drew all the pictures for us. So I give credit to Alicia Costello for doing all the pictures there and they came out really amazing. Um, so it was just a little project that we did on, you know, on the side um, and we enjoyed it. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that your husband, you know, really pushed you to, to do something that was a little bit out of your comfort zone and published, you know, just this wonderful book that is such a good, great resource for parents and kids alike. And I know that I have to hop on and get my copy for Teddy and start reading it to him. He does know mommy's an eye doctor. He knows now when he sees me in my scrubs, he says, mommy work, fix eyes. <laughs> But I have to start teaching him about eyes a little bit more. So for anyone listening, where can they find and purchase your book? So they can find it on Amazon and it's also located on my website link. Um, yeah, so those are, it's also uh, available through the OEP. Those are the places they can, they can find it. Beautiful. And I just had the thought, we'll do a little giveaway with your book this coming week. That's what we'll do. I'm so excited. So also, where can our listeners find you? Like, what do, like where do you work? Where can they find you? Um, and how to, can they connect with you if they want to learn more about, be for the optometrist listening, becoming part of the Infant C program or parents um, if they're looking to find an Infant C provider? Can you give us all of that information? Sure. So they can find me um, at my website, um, nycpupil.com. They can also find us on Instagram, um, nycpupil, and on Facebook, nycpupil. And they can email us at nycpupil at gmail.com. And for the infancy program, can you tell them, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the listeners where they can find a doctor that participates in the infancy program if they're not in the New York City area? Absolutely. So we have providers in every single um, state in the United States, and Infancy have done 150,000 reported assessments since it was launched, and out of 150,000, 13,000 have identified with cause of concern. So those are really important numbers, I think, for listeners to hear, um, only because you don't see something and your baby is not complaining um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it assessed to make sure that there is no underlying problem that's going on with the baby. And especially um, ruling out um, disorders such as amblyopia. And you guys did an amazing episode number 36 explaining what um, amblyopia is all about. So I'm going to refer your listeners back to that episode to learn about it. But that's really the number one condition to rule out for the, um, during the infancy assessment. And they can log um, and they can go to infancy.org and there'll be uh, a, um, a zip code box. So I'll put in a zip code and they'll find participating providers. Wonderful. Well, thank you for all the work that you do with Infancy. I know you've been such an inspiration to both Dr. Zelnicki and myself. And um, we will make sure to link all the information in the show notes so that you can find everything all about Infancy. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.